The University of Miami Law School Entertainment Arts and Sports Law Program presents the Leadership Game Plan. I'm Executive Producer and Program Director Greg Levy, and now over to our host, longtime NFL coordinator, head coach, three-time Grey Cup champion, NCAA champion with the Miami Hurricanes, Miami Law graduate, and now adjunct faculty member, Coach Mark Tressman. I believe that everyone can lead no matter who you are or what you do. I believe just like quarterbacks, leaders are not born, they are developed. With so many platforms to speak our minds, there are countless ways to lead and impact the lives of others. So how we lead in this accelerating and interconnected world will determine our present and our future. That's why leadership today matters more than ever. Welcome to the Leadership Game Plan, where we go beyond the X's and O's through the unique lens of our accomplished guests. I'm your host, Mark Tressman, and let's get started. Right, so for me, it wasn't until 2011 when I was on the campus of McLean Hospital where I figured out and found out that, wow, football is not my purpose, it's my platform. My purpose is actually help bridge the gap in the mental health community. Many know Brandon Marshall as a former NFL wide receiver drafted in the fourth round, the 119th pick by the Denver Broncos in the 2006 NFL draft. During Brandon's 13 NFL seasons, He made six Pro Bowl appearances, amassed over 12,000 career receiving yards, 80-plus touchdowns, and holding the NFL record for the most receptions in a game. I had the pleasure of coaching Brandon in Chicago, where he excelled on the field, but as I got to know him, I could tell there was so much more to this man. I found Brandon to be uniquely intelligent. I've watched him grow into a loving husband and father a mental fitness advocate, and now CEO of a very successful fitness company, the House of Athlete in South Florida. Brandon's life journey from football player to business leader, national broadcast figure, and a leading content creator of his I Am Athlete podcast and YouTube channel that now reaches nearly 1 million in subscribers. In a very short time after his retirement, Brandon has demonstrated an incredible ability to learn and to grow into a, being a successful mentor, a leader, and an advocate in our community. Early in Brandon's career, he was given the nickname, The Beast. Nothing gives me more pride than to see The Beast on the field transition to The Beast in the boardroom. Please join me in welcoming Brandon Marshall to the podcast. I want to thank you for sharing your time here at this amazing House of Athletes, um, this, this tremendous facility that you built up over the last, I don't know, a couple of years anyways. Right. I'm sure it started long before. And I just want to thank you for having us and hosting us today. Thanks for having me, Coach. Absolutely thanking you. It's uh, an honor. It's um, a platform. Please, that's not why we're here. But I, I, I do want to tell you that when, when I came in today, I felt like I did when I go into either a team meeting in Chicago or an office really? meeting. Because I knew Brandon Marshall <laughs> was going to be 
looking at my demeanor, <laughs> analyzing every word that came out of my mouth. And you know what? It made me better because your standards were so high. I knew I had to meet your standards. Now, that's no disrespect to the other guys in the room, but you know what I'm talking about. Right. You were doing constant evaluation on whether he was authentic, whether he was consistent, whether he was self-aware, you know, where it was all coming from. And, um, you know, I, like I said, I could not be more, I, I'm excited, but I got a butterfly. So I got to tell you. Really? Well, I mean, that's interesting because the reason why I did that, and I, and I didn't know you picked up on that back then, but it was because of today. You know, I was preparing for this moment. You know, so a lot of uh, coaches had a, it was a, you had the privilege of being a part of so many different teams and having right. uh, so many head coaches, you know, whether it was Mike Shanahan, uh, Josh McDaniels, uh, Levy Smith, you, um, Coach Tony Sperano, uh, Pete Carroll, you know, Sean Payton. I had some really good coaches. And even looking at ownership, looking at general managers, you know, when I was with the Miami Dolphins before I got to Chicago, I used to just take notes on organizations and I would take notes on leadership. I would also take notes on myself because I knew one day, you know, I could potentially be in a position to lead you know, people lead a company. And I, I was thinking more so nonprofit. So I learned mm -hmm. a lot um, through our time. And that was one of the reasons I learned yeah. a lot, you know, about leadership, you know, structure. Mm -hmm. Learned a lot about myself in Chicago. Well, let's roll on that a little bit. So tell me, now that we're here, right. you know, maybe 12, 15 years later and seven or eight years out of Chicago, right. you know, what does leadership look like at the House of Athletes? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I always say that before you can lead others, you have to learn to lead yourself. So two part question. How did you learn to lead yourself? Right. And you kind of hit on that a little bit with the people that you've learned from. Right. And then how do you lead on a daily basis? Tell me about it. Um, I don't know what's going on. I'm kind of tearing up a little bit right now, like being honest, because this is a big conversation. It's, it's, it's an interesting topic and it's an important conversation. Um, and I think the reason why I'm emotional because last night we shot one of our shows, I Am Athlete, and I didn't know um, that one of my teammates uh, was filming me, right? And I, it was after the show, I'm driving home, I get home, I open up Instagram, and there was this, you know, Bianca, she's head of, um, head of uh, project management for us. Mm -hmm. And she captured me, and I didn't know she did this, and she said, get you a boss, that stays late and helps clean up and also compliments his wife while doing it, right? And so she posted that and I saw that. And the reason why it's emotional is because like that's that's what leadership is, it's servant leadership. And that happened last night. And now you're sitting in my office today, and I saw you be the last person off the plane, you know, making sure that there was trash picked up. Because not only, you know, for our guys and showing our guys that, but also just telling our flight attendants and the crew that we appreciate you, we value you, right? We saw you do that. And I'm sure there's other guys, you know, witness that. And now they're doing that in their organizations or their home, in their homes, they're leading the way by example. You know, I saw you, you know, in the cafeteria or even at hotel, a hotel at the team dinner, go pushing chairs. You didn't have to do that. And that's what leadership is to me. So I think we all have certain standards and different things, objectives and 
KPRs and, you know, metrics and KPIs and all that other stuff. But I think the core of, you know, what we all need to do as leaders is we need to be the example, be the culture, right? Like if you want people to really follow you, then they have to respect you. They have to really value you. Now we're living in a time where people want to see that. Like, man, this person really cares. They're, they're in the trenches with us. So you said something really interesting. You have to be the culture. And I think that's where people get disillusioned. They go, well, we got to change the culture. Any, everybody, as if you're a leader and if you take on that, you are the culture. Yeah. You are the culture and you're just sharing that with others, right. hopefully to transform them if they haven't been into learning how to lead. And they do that through your actions and your words. You talked a little bit about, you know, the coaches and certainly we all understand the, the football players and the coaches that you've been around. You're like, can you take us back? to your earlier years, a little bit to your upbringing and share maybe some of those moments in your life that, you know, took you towards football or, you know, created a passion that you have for sports. And I know we'll talk about it. You know, football was never your purpose. It was your platform. I always remember you. But talk about your your younger years. Well, to my younger years, it was the opposite. Football was my purpose and that my platform. Mm -hmm. It was my identity, which I think is a challenge for a lot of athletes as we grow up thinking that this is why this is what I was born to do. God made me mm-hmm. to do this and mm-hmm. only this and not understanding the, the other responsibilities that come with it or understanding who they are outside of the sport. What type of man are you? What type of woman are you? You know, um, so for me, I, you know, I was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, grew up in a, a, a town, uh, East Liberty, and uh, it was the it was the poorest town in all of Pennsylvania. And so I grew up in a, in an area that was volatile. I grew up in an area um, where there was a lot going on, and I also grew up in the area where it was all about football. Right. So I only knew one sport. I only knew one thing it was football, 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 football. I love football. I actually had this plaque. This plaque. Um, that sat on my on, on my nightstand when I was a little kid, literally going back to elementary school, and I, and I still have it to this day. It's in a storage now, but it says I'm a football nut, mm-hmm. right? And it had a little uh, mm-hmm. Pitt Panther helmet at the end, and that literally defines my childhood. That's all it was about. I wanted to play, uh, you know, free frog, you know, throw the football up and and play that. I want to go play tackle football. You know, everything I did and how I thought was. You know, I got to do this because this is the next phase of football. Like I got to go to school. I got to make good grades. I got to take this test. I want to do that because I want to go to high school. And then when I get to high school, I want to go to college. Mm-hmm. I know I needed certain things, you know, to qualify, you know, to be eligible to make it to the next phase sure. and to reach my goal of being in national football. Were you good at school? Did you academically? Were I you was good? really good. I was I was good. Maybe not UM good. <laughs> I was good because of football, though. Right. I was a I was right. a B student. I was a right. 3.0. You made it important because you knew you wanted to get to right. college and academic. Was anybody pushing you or did you do it on your own? So, you know, going into my freshman year, you sit down with your academic advisors, right? And then they map out, okay? Mm-hmm. You can go college prep, you go this way, you go that way. And I was like, okay, what do I need to do to make it to you know, college. They told me, and we talked about you know qualifying SATs, ACTs, and all of those things. And uh, 
So I said, all right, great. So I sat down and we mapped out the next four years. I had a goal, right? It's like, okay, this is what I have to do the next four years. Mm-hmm. I can achieve that. Mm-hmm. My first semester, I had a 3.0. So, okay, that's, that's the benchmark then. I'm never going to go below a 3.0. And from that day on, I never went under 3.0 mm-hmm. in high school or college. When was uh, there was one semester where I was like two nine five, which I'm that still, bothered you, right? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm still pushing back. <laughs> yeah. So you get you go to college, and is there a point where you knew you were a leader, or you felt like a leader? Yeah. And what did that look like? Did it happen in high school with your team, or did it happen in college when you got to school? Where was that moment? Because I've always known you as a leader. Right. I've never seen you when you weren't leading a locker room or leading other people in your in your position meeting or in the offensive meeting. Right. And always in the front row in the team meeting. So when did this transition come? And do you look at it differently now than you did then in your definition of what leadership was and is? Yeah. Um, leadership was distorted for me up until you led our team. Um, For me, I always thought leadership was, so as a kid, I knew I was a leader because people followed and I was the best player. So I thought it was physical, right? right? I'm gonna go out there, I'm gonna ball, I'm gonna score touchdowns, I'm gonna consistently do that. I'm a leader. So it was distorted because there's, there's so much more to leadership. So as I went through elementary, high school, and then high school, then college, and then I got to the league, I was still trying to figure this out. It was always something different. Like I never had that C. I didn't have that C on my chest. Why? It's Peyton. What's the difference between me and Peyton Manning? What's the difference between me and Adrian Peterson? What's the difference between me and Larry Fitzgerald? You know, why are the teams voting them captains, right? So that year, when you came in as our head coach, I, I was in this – um, discovery phase, I would call it, <clears throat> where I wanted to know more about myself. I, wanted to, I was learning more about leadership. <clears throat> we just launched. We just opened up our office. Right. office, mm-hmm. And now I was going full speed ahead on business and on nonprofit. So I knew it was time for me to really figure this out because now I am responsible for people now outside of sports. And so in that year, in that moment, I realized that it was more than just, you know, hey, I'm really good at what I do. I knew that it was also about consistency. Also knew it was like, okay, what are you going to do in the tough times? Which is big. It's easy to leave when every when everything's great. What happens when you're losing games? How do you show up? How do you respond? Mm-hmm. Right? So I, I didn't understand what true leadership was until you stepped in. Like I can go back now and study Coach Shannon. I can go back and study Lovey Smith. I can study those guys, Josh and Daniels, the good, the bad, the ugly. You know, our owner, Mr. B, you know, the our owner, you know, you have our owner here, um, um, Mr. Ross, right? Like I can I can I can study those guys. <clears throat> but um having you come in and uh, this was the time where people were studying like Silicon Valley and the whole tech space and open offices and how people led differently, and you brought something different to different to the NFL. I was like, Oh, this is different. Let me see what this is about. And you talked about it a lot. So I think that was the moment where it really became real to me on what that was. And I spent a lot of time after you left. And then when I left, I got traded to the Jets. Took that whole offseason reflecting on Mm -hmm. what I did Mm -hmm. well and what I 
struggle with that. I want to just digress for one second because I've been seeing you talk. You know, I'm so proud of you, as you, as you all know. But there's a story I want to share because nobody knows it. Right. So we're playing Baltimore on a night game. It was like a Thursday night game or a Sunday night game. And there's a windstorm beyond what anybody has ever seen to where they had to stop the game. And we went into the locker room for two hours. Right. Right. And we're all sitting and nobody knows what to do. I don't know what to do. Or it's going to be a while, guys. And Brandon says... We're going to have a walkthrough. <laughs> Start calling plays. Right? You're going to get yeah, our, and so guys start spreading out, and we start calling formation and plays and going through a walkthrough. And I'll never forget that. And it was a big night because we, we right. won a close game in overtime. It's like 6-9 or something. It was, it, was, it, was, it was 50 mile an hour. But anyways, I'm, I know I'm sidetracked. Yeah. Uh, I want to jump back in for a second to... Um, football is my platform. No, I mean, why do you want to leave that? So it was great. What? Oh, you want to go ahead and finish it. I love that. <laughs> Talk um, about it. Because I know it's about it's that's about leadership. It is, but you set the standard. You came in, you said, "This is what we're going. This is who we're going to be on offense." And our offense was firing. We were clicking, right? So I mean, we had it was me in my prime. We had Martellus Bennett probably entering his prime. We had Alshon Jeffrey, the baby. We had Matt Fortavis prime. Bush Ride. We had the young, I think Cal Long was there. You know, Jake Cutler. We, we, Josh. I mean, Josh was playing well. Josh. Like we had their offense. I mean, we were monsters, right? So now we go into the Baltimore game, right? And we were clicking. We knew it. We, everything's interchangeable, right? You know, you, let's go Gopher. Let's go Trips, right? Let's go Gopher. I could be running the over. I could be running the seam. I could be outside running the comeback. And then we, the play. oh yeah, we can. We, you want to go bunch? You want to? You want to? You want to motion him in? And then we, you know, like now, we all could do it, right? And that's what made our offense special. In that first half, we weren't clicking, and that's what I felt. I said something was off, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Where you set the standard, we embraced it. We start taking off, and we were doing well. We were efficient, and in that first half in the Baltimore game. It just wasn't clicking. I felt it. So we're sitting there. I was like, yeah, it's a great opportunity. Like, let's, we got to get on the same page. It was just off. Mm-hmm. And so it was good. You know, we fought through that game and ended up winning. But um, but we knew the standard. I wonder if you're feeling the same way now that you're leading an organization. Is I always felt that you wanted to decentralize the power of leadership right. to where everybody could be taught to lead. Right. And that was part of my purpose was to allow each and every person to become the best version player, version person, and decentralize the power where anybody right. in the locker room, you know, when you have to make the tough decision, you make it. But other than that, you know, I wanted to be Joe Bag of Donuts trying to find a fourth down call, just like you wanted to try to make the catch. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. And and that was really decentralizing the power into anybody's hands that had the heart to take control at the time or the, or the, the knowledge right. to, to take the time right. to take control, and when you try to, when you when you do that, good things happen. You were ahead of your time, and and I know um, you you were ahead of your time. And if there was one thing I could tell you that you could potentially have done, done differently is understand that. But I don't know if you could have like really like when you think about Steve Jobs, you think about you know uh, Elon Musk, you think about. You know, and there's so many others. Even Kanye West, you want to go, you know, pop culture. Like, there's guys that are just ahead of their time and what they're doing. So for you, you understood from an uh, organization, from an organization standpoint, an operation standpoint, 
what it meant to lead teams when you're talking about, you know, there's in all season 90 guys in the in the in a locker room. How many coaches are on your staff, right? And then support staff. And now you got marketing team, you got the ops team, you got PR, like really this coach is this person here, and you gotta lead all of that. And so the old way of doing things in sports was, hey, I got these four leaders. You guys are going to do everything. Mm-hmm. I'm going to lead this. I got this guy doing that. And then as far as our guys, it's you guys run the show. And you came in and, and, and you brought in what everybody's adopting now, right? Where it's like, no, there's – when we say open door, no, it's really open door. Like, I think if you said this back in the day. It's like, if I had it my way, man, I'll knock down these walls. <laughs> Coaches will be here. You know, players are here. We're just all in one space. That was so counterculture to sports back then, right? But that's what works now. You know, and and I think that was a tough thing for us in Chicago was that locker room was so tight, right? You had Brian like you had Lance Briggs, you had Peanut Tillman, these guys that were used to, you know, uh, one way of, of, of thinking, one way of approaching it, right? And when something new was introduced, it was like a shock to their system. And that was the toughest thing is because, like, when you come in, right, like, we all need to be able to say, okay, well, this is Coach Trustman. This is his. This is what he wants to do. And we have to embrace it fully for it to work. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot. Like, I, I mean, you probably spent maybe that, that entire first year, if you, uh, you know, just getting guys to buy in and believe because football's football. Yeah. You know, the way you were teaching football is like, look, here's the play. And there's an answer for whatever they throw at us. There's a solution, right? Boom, boom, boom. Cover three, go here. Cover two, go there. All right? And then on the defensive side, it might be a little bit over my head, but it's the same thing, right? Two goes to the flat, now push the one. You know, it's just there's a problem. What's the solution? And so the way you try to, the way you set up our, like our philosophy was, Okay, we know that there's going to be problems, but I'm going to give you guys the solutions. And it's on you guys to do that. But structurally, you know, because it was so counterculture to what those guys were used to, it took us a year to kind of just get guys to buy in. We're talking about big personalities, you know. So, Well, back to back to you. Right. Um, and I appreciate it. Um, purpose and platform. Right. Um, people don't hear that all the time. You know, your platform is, and I'll let you talk about it, your purpose comes from your heart. It's where your heart is. It's, it's really the fire that's ignited. Can you talk about the difference and talk about, I know the answer of it's a Socratic method or I know the answer to the question, but I, I want others to hear, you know, the difference between your platform and your purpose and when you came yeah. to that understanding. Simple. Purpose is uh, how you can make the world better. Right? That's it. If your purpose is centered around you, then you're wrong. You know, like, it's so easy to build something or do something that just is self-serving, you know. But purpose, true impact, is how do you make the world better? How do you leave this place, you know, better than how you found it, how you came in, right? right? And that doesn't mean you have to do something massive. It doesn't mean you have to do something on a global scale. It's just like, it's just something that's, Bigger than you, it's not on you. So that's purpose. And when you find that, whatever platform you have, whether it's on, you know, in the National Football League, on the football field, or if it's a uh, a doctor, a nurse, an at-home mom, an at-home dad, like 
it's going to make that even more valuable. That gives you that opportunity to reach mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. right? To be able to share what your purpose is, right? So for me, it wasn't until 2011 when I was on the campus of McLean Hospital where I figured out and found out that, wow, football is not my purpose. It's my platform. My purpose is actually help bridge the gap in the mental health community. Mm-hmm. How am I going to do that? By going out there to be uh, a beast on the field so I have platform, a platform, more reach to be able to say, right. hey, guys, look at me. Brandon Marshall just scored two touchdowns, but there's you know 100 million Americans that are personally affected by mental health. Mm-hmm. There's only 320 million of us. Right. It really affects all of us because everyone it touched five to six. So um, I think purpose is something that it takes time to to find. Mm-hmm. You have to sit with yourself. It's not easy. It's not just going to hit you in your face. Like you have to be intentional, right? Sometimes it's in your pain. A lot of times it's in your pain. You can look at in that where attention or the toil is at in your life, right? And that's what you need it's to do. It's beautiful. I mean, that's really what we talk about in our in the first week of our classes. To get to where you are now, you have to go through your narrative. You have to go through your life a little bit, write it down, take the time to reflect, Mm -hmm. you know, this is who you are. Do you want to stay this way or is it time to pivot? Right. Because I'm not fulfilled by just being a great football player Mm -hmm. or a great coach or whatever. I can only be fulfilled by leaving something behind. That's what we used to have. The one quote we have is what we do for ourselves dies with us and what we do for others looks on forever. That's what I love. And, and uh, that's all you really need. You don't need all the other ones. I mean, they're all good, but, you know, it's what we leave behind. It's the legacy we leave to, to others. And that gives us, gives us something to be proud of. That's right. You know? So how do you lead? Let's, let's bring us to House of Athlete and maybe take a minute to tell you how you got here, yeah. how these plans happen, and then... How do you lead during the week? Right. You know, how do you lead others during the week? And what are issues you've had and grown through yeah. as you've built this, this incredible business that you have here? Yeah, so how did I get the House of Athlete first? Um, you know, started on the campus of McLean Hospital mm-hmm. where I realized that my purpose was to help bridge the gap in the mental health community. So anyways, we started on this journey, nonprofit you know, uh, journey, the clinical, you know, uh, hospitalization journey, right? And there's just a lot of stigma around, around you know, that side of things. And it's and it's tough. And it wasn't until I, you know, was finished playing ball in 2018 where I realized that to fulfill the mission on the nonprofit side, we had to go through the for-profit side and we had to change the language. We had to change the approach, mm-hmm. go from, mental health to mental fitness, bringing people in on the performance side and then starting that conversation. Right. There's mm-hmm. less toil over here. There's, there, there isn't uh, a lot of stigma over here. There's people just say, but I, I am, I am, I'm, 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 I'm excited about getting healthy. I want more. I want to get in shape. And so when we have this big following and this big audience, we say, okay, let's, how are you doing mentally? We find that it's an easier conversation. So what I did is I took my 13 years experience of playing the National Football League and having everything at my disposal, everything at the palm of my hand. When I walked into the Chicago Bears locker room, I had coaches, you know, some of the best of the best in the world at what they did. I had nutritionists, I had physical therapists, I had chiropractors, 
I had a mental health practitioner. Right. Everything was integrated. It was the fundamentals of health. It was the fundamentals of just being, you know, in, of performance. Mm-hmm. So we took that and put it into House of Athlete. So the things that make some of the top athletes and performers in the world special and consistent, now we wanted to make available to, you know, the general population, sure. everybody. Right. So that's how we got there. Um, you know, how do I lead week to week, day to day? I realized when I was in Chicago, right, when I was kind of like looking myself in the mirror and then I was also studying you and, you know, the McCaskies and our general manager, Phil Emery, when I was studying people, I realized like I was reading all these books, business imprints, from good to great to mm-hmm. all these other, you know, uh, uh, you know, finance for, for startups, finance for, you know, CEOs. I was reading all these books and the language was so different. And in sports, it was important, right? Like we knew, like when you came in and you said, "This is our office. This is how we're going to run." It's all go special, but we call it Gopher, right? It was important when you came in there. You said, "This is Gopher." Now our, our offensive coordinator said, "This is Gopher," right? It cascades down. Now the offensive coordinator, quarterback, saying Gopher, receivers, tight ends, running backs, Gopher. It's language. So I realized, like. The language was tough for me. I didn't have time to go get an MBA. I didn't have time to go study all those things. But I was sitting in a $10 billion industry, and I'm seeing it ran every single day. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'm just going to mimic this. Right. So I was looking at, you know, how everything works. You have the owner, you have the president, mm-hmm. you have the general manager, yeah. you have the head coach, you have a defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, roles, responsibilities, and how that cascades down. Mm-hmm. And then the meeting cycle. Like, we literally did it. I used to get so upset with you. This is when I was young, Brandon, right? Oh, my goodness. That you would come, but I get it now, though. So, first of all, I apologize for all the stress I gave you. I caused. But we wouldn't I had so, a full head of hair when I got right? <laughs> I bet. I know. I, that's something that's on me. Um, we had a play call. And help me, because um, I don't think I'll be able to. I'll be off a little bit, but Cardinal. Yeah. Cardinal was what? Was it double stick? What was it? It was it was double outs. Double outs. What was backside? Spacing or mirror. Okay, perfect. So we had Cardinal. Cardinal, we're talking about, I mean, this is like, this is like football 101. Right. But every week, you would install it like it was the first time. Coach, man, come on, like. Are you kidding me? And there were four of them in the game. Oh, <laughs> and he would take it and he would just break, you would break it down and you would you would install it like it was the very first time teaching you guys this. And I'm like, man, wasting time. We know this. I've been running this not only since he's since you've been here, but my entire life, all of us. Right. But what I didn't understand that moment was consistency. Remember, leadership, consistency is key, right? And these are the fundamentals. Let's master the fundamentals, right? And so now I do the same exact thing. <laughs> so I come into my meeting, right? Every Wednesday we have a team meeting and I'll have my agenda, yeah. right? And I'll hit it. I said, and I told my guys this because I, I, I noticed that I didn't do a good job of letting people know and understand, like, laying out what the culture is and what the expectation Communication, is. Communication, right? How I live. As good a communicator as you are communicating your leadership, through leadership is... I didn't do that. Yeah, I didn't do a good job of that. Mm-hmm. So one day I stopped. I said, hey guys, let me, let me stop. 
let me tell you guys, you know, how I lead, why I lead the way I lead. I'm a football player, right? I was in this, I was talking about team, talking about structure, talking about discipline. So at the highest level, so many coaches, so many owners, I saw it. So I, I'm literally taking it. I don't lead like corporate America. I lead like a football team, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So every week, we're going to take card with your card our culture talk. We're going to hit that every week. Mm-hmm. I just want to hit like, man, phenomenal job. I went into the bathrooms right. and it was just great. Great job. But I'm going to hit that every week because the more I hit it and we hone into the fundamentals, it becomes a part of our DNA, right? So how I lead uh, is, is, is like I'm a, I'm a, I won't even put myself in an owner. You know, as an owner, I, I put myself as a head coach, right? And so, like, I just take our itineraries, our agendas, mm-hmm. and I literally just hit the same things, you know, day after day. You have to be relentless if you want to lead, in my opinion. You have to... You can't care whether Brandon Marshall rolls his eyes or not at you because right. you know you're being consistent right. in sending the message, right? So and I have a Brandon Marshall that sits there. Yes. So that's a maybe that's like gonna be the the, right. the next book that you write. Like yes. I need you, yeah. Like you can help me. Like okay, I'll be happy to. Right. So you walk into the meeting and you know your X's and O's, right? Because you're, you're you're you got your itineraries. What, I want to talk about two things. The values you bring in the room, your personal values, core values that are like non-negotiable. Right. You won't, you, you're, you're, you're not backing down. Right. Like, like when we got to, it was respect, humility, trust, love. Right. 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 So you walk in and, and then I want you to talk about the pillars because I want people to understand yeah. what, what the pillars of House of Athlete, because I think it's important. So right. your values and then the pillars, so to speak, that are, are not really values, but they're areas that you want to make sure you serve your clients. Yeah. You talk about that. I mean, some of the things that we lean into is excellence, right? You know, uh, team, you know, we lean into that a lot. Um, servant leadership. Leadership is big. Like you say, like that. it's important for everybody to actually take ownership and lead the way. That's extremely important. What does servant leadership mean to you? Tell, tell us. So, well, let's say for the front front of house, servant leadership is we have a member that comes in and um, something simple. There, You see a member coming in, they got five bags in their hand, run to the door, open the door, say, let me open this door for you, right? Something as small as that, right? So servant leadership is actually, you know, doing it, doing the work. Making other people's lives better any way you can. Mm-hmm. It comes from your heart. Mm-hmm. Something that you can't even script, you can't even put on paper. It's just be a good person. And I think it's important once you understand your values as a leader, right? Then that's going to determine who you partner with, who you hire, mm-hmm. right? Because we our values have to be aligned. Mm-hmm. There's some people that don't value that, right? And so we hurt ourselves because you got to be people, process, then the product. I had to learn that the hard way. It's not just go hire amazing people. It's go hire amazing because because we all have different opinions and you know we don't see the world the same way, and that's okay. But if you are the leader, you need to make sure you go hire people that are aligned with the values that you put in place. Really important point, Brandon. Right. Right. So so I think that's important. And then as far as like the things that I believe in here from a pillar standpoint. There's five. To me, athletes, we're the healthiest people on the planet. 
and I want more people to adopt their lifestyle. And when I study the things that may, you know, some of our top athletes, who they are, which you can then take and say, oh, that leader or that CEO or that super mom, that super dad, they have those same traits. Uh, these are the things that I pull from them. And that is because at the end of the day, what I'm trying to do is, you know, say, all right, this is what the top performers in the, in the world do. Mm-hmm. This is their routine. Uh, pull that. You adopt that and you'll be better at, at, better at what you do. Train. And these are the fundamentals. That's all about fundamentals, about taking cardinal. You're just talking about cardinal every day. You're going to talk about this the same way. Fundamentals. Not, these things are not big things. So we all move. We got to take care of ourselves. We have to train, right? For some, it could be walking. Some could be running. Some could be lifting weights. Some could be doing yoga. But we have to move our body. Second is fuel. We have to fuel correctly. What we're putting in our body, it matters, okay? So what we're eating, supplementation comes in. Ideally, we want to get all our macronutrients and micronutrients from food, but it's impossible. So we have to learn about supplementation. Coming off the field, you know, in Lake Forest in practice, mm-hmm. we had, you know, coaches there saying, hey, we got 30 minutes to get our protein in, right? It's important. The third is mental fitness. Why is that important? Because... It, you're going to operate on both ends of the spectrum. Some days or maybe some years could be on pyramid, impairment, you know, maybe a condition, maybe borderline personality disorder. You got to be able to navigate through stress, stress management. And on the other side is performance. I'm just, a, I'm in the zone right now as a leader. Mm-hmm. I'm in the zone as a CEO mm-hmm. or mom, dad, whatever it is. How do I get more out of my brain? How do I go to another level, Right. So it's important there. Like you gotta, you gotta have a plan on both ends of the spectrum. The fourth is recovery. You know, sleeping is important. Taking care of that bum knee, that bum back is important. That affects you mentally. And then the fifth is tribe. Tribe is team. Mm-hmm. You know, it's important. What you always say is like we're all interconnected. Mm-hmm. We do life together, right? Mm-hmm. So making sure that you have a nice community. So those are the five things mm-hmm. that we lean on and dictates mm-hmm. everything. And those five things really it's about unlocking our full potential. On part two with Brandon, we will talk football, the leadership of quarterbacks he has played with, and our time in Chicago. See you next time on the Leadership Game Plan.